welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. So I wanted to go through these, these um, things that I've put on the, at the bottom there just as a guide so you see there is an invitation. There is an invitation to pray. An invitation to get to, and this is how the invitation goes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal the land. So there is an invitation to pray, but there is a posture of prayer that we get to be in front of him, that is to humble ourselves, humble ourselves is first where we get to, where we get to see that who we are is because God created us to be something and it's not because of what we have become. God's called us to a place where we get to humble ourselves and say, God, you've got the best plan there is. I don't come to you with a plan and say, God, let us, let us do this, but I come to you saying that, God, this is what I desire, but what is your plan? And there is that humility that we get to go with to him to say, God, I humble myself and I pray and then I say, seek your, my face and turn from your wicked ways. Sin and his face are in two different directions. If sin is on that direction, his face is on this direction. Sin is not the intimidation for God. But when you are looking at sin, you are not looking at him. So turn from your wicked ways and seek my face. Seek my face and turn from your wicked ways and I will hear from heaven. When you are facing him, he, your voice he can hear. He is not limited by your voice, but when you are looking away, he cannot hear you. He wants to hear you. You look at his face. You turn your face towards him, and he hears you. And then he says, I will forgive you their sins and heal the land. Prayer is so important. Prayer is not important just at an individual level, but also in the times that we live in. It's even important for the place that we live in, the space that we carry in, the land that we live in. It is important for the healing of the land. You know, there are many problems, there are many obstacles that are raised up every day since the time began. Man has always rebelled. But God, in his mercy, has come and have healed the land, have restored his plan for us. The direction of our posture is the invitation to be away from wickedness and towards his face, leading God to heal, because now he hears. Prayer is to pursue him. We partner with God to have an influence through prayer in this world. And where is that? That's in our secret place. It's in our secret place that we get to be with him. The outcome is forgiveness, life, healing, wholeness, and his kingdom on earth. The very purpose of we praying with him is to get his kingdom here on earth. We partnering with him. You know, there's this, uh, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 21, he says that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Pastor Matt said before, last week, he said it's not called any other house, not a house of worship or preaching or teaching, but it's about the house of prayer. Why? Because when we come in unison, when we come in prayer, we are asking God, God, how can 
I partner with you to bring your kingdom here on earth. And we get to partner with God because he's got a plan. He's got a plan. We don't have to come up with a plan. He's got a plan. And we just have to hear him. And that's where we get to get to partner with him in prayer. Matthew 6, the disciples have seen Jesus pray. They have never asked in any other places, to at least to my, my knowledge, that they have asked, teach us how to perform miracles, teach us how to raise the dead, teach us how to prophesy, teach us how to do any other thing. The only thing we see the disciples ask Jesus is teach us how to pray. Because when they saw Jesus, I think this is might have, what might have happened. When his, they see Jesus, they see that someone's on the other side of the line. He's not having a monologue. It seems like he's having a dialogue. He's conversing with God and he is receiving something. Because they can perceive that every day he shuts himself out from the crowd, from the disciples and goes and prays. They see that there is a source of him, who he is, is becoming the place of his prayer. And these Jewish young people who have been taught to pray from the very childhood, they see something different and ask, teach us how to pray. They've come from a very prayerful background. They have been gro grown up in synagogues and temples. They have known how to do these things. But when they see Jesus, they want something different. They have seen something amazing. And they say, teacher, teach us how to pray. And Jesus goes on and says, you know, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. <clears throat> then your father who sees, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There is a reward that we wait for in the public domain, but God says, Jesus says, yes, the Father rewards you for what you do in the secret place. There is a secret place that he looks to and he is calling you into. When you pray, do not keep on blabbering like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of the many words. It's not about words. Many times we think about prayer, we think about what should I pray, how what is the content of my prayer? And Jesus goes on and says, this is how you pray. It's not this is what you pray. He did not give them something to follow, though it is a good prayer to follow. But he says, this is how you pray. He gave them a template of sorts of to say, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's when we see that he is bringing reverence to that place, which is saying that, God, you are revered. We go to his posture, we go to his presence by acknowledging who he is. In that acknowledgement, you and I get to acknowledge who we are. You know, these Jewish young uh, disciples of his, they have known and heard of a God of Mount Sinai. They have known and heard of a God in their history who, when he comes, shakes the whole earth and fire comes down. They cannot imagine a God who is their father. Jesus shakes their paradigm by saying, Our Father in heaven. Just that one thing must have been mind-blowing for them. They must have gone saying, Wow, Father? And he gives them that as the reference point, saying, Our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Hallowed is your name. Reverend is your name. There is an identity of the Father which gives them the identity, gives you and me the identity of being sons and daughters of the Most High. 
It's very important for us to know that because when we approach him, we are not approaching him as slaves. We are approaching him as sons. We are not approaching him as begging, but we are approaching him with partnership. We are approaching him in what is his business and is ours. We are not approaching him saying that, God, I don't know if you know, I'm bringing this issue to you. <laughs> he is not being informed by our prayers. He is being partnering with us to say, hey, I've got a plan for you. You've got a situation there, but I've got a plan for you. <laughs> and that's where we get to be saying that God is our father, we are his children. The declaration of who God is reveals not just who he is, but also declares who we are. And we go, <clears throat> and the, uh, the, his, the next is your kingdom come, your will be done. His lordship and his declaration of, of the, his kingship over us so that we are receiving the dominion on earth as it is in heaven. The source of our provision and forgiveness is him. You know, we are asking him, give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's not based on our doing. Neither of them are. We don't work for our daily bread, though we think we do. We don't, for, we don't earn our forgiveness, though sometimes we misjudge what we have done wrong has to be corrected from our end to be forgiven. No, he forgives. The debts have been forgiven in spite of us not being able to pay the debt. And he pays the debt and he forgives us for our sins. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protection and deliverance. We are led as per our attractions. And many times we are distracted Distracted is when we are not attracted to the one we should be. And when we are distracted, that's where he's saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us from evil. Our deliverance is by the one who unconditionally loves us. He knows us deeply. He knows us completely. He is not, he is not on an offense when he sees that you were not attracted to him, but you were distracted. But when we call on him, he'll say, I'll rectify it. I'll change it. But we ask of him. That puts the foundations of prayer into understanding. The sub. There are many prayers in the Bible we can see in the Old Testament. Jabez prays. He prays for a blessing for him and his family. Hannah prays for a child. Abraham prays for Isaac. He prays for Ishmael. He prays for Sodom when they were about, uh, God was about to destroy. He prays for, Daniel prays for revelation when he doesn't understand what the times in, in which he was living in. He wanted to understand the revelations of Jeremiah. Elijah prays, he prays to stop the rain, he prays to bring the rain, he prays to bring the fire. <laughs> he, he, just, he, he just receives all those in, in desperation. He is alone. He is alone from uh, having all the other prophets killed. He's praying to God in desperation. God, I am the only one left. And God comes to him and says, no, I have kept others with you. And so there is all these moments in prayers that we see. Elisha prays for his servant's eyes to be open, to see an unseen realm, which gives us an idea into there is a realm that is even now existing in this place, which we cannot see. Even now, right now, because Jesus says where two or more gather, I am there. He is here. So is the heavenly angels and all the, all the uh, heaven's atmosphere and and things here in this unseen realm, we can pray to say, God, can you open my eyes to see? There is a prayer that it models it. And then there are others who have prayed, you know, Ezra, Habakkuk, you can see the list. And whenever Israel was in persecution and in pain, 
surrounded by enemies and needed God, they would cry out to God. They would cry out to God. <clears throat> but Jesus, our Lord, he prays from a different place. He prays from the place that is yet to be, but as if it has already happened. He prays from foreknowing what is ahead. He prays for his disciples in John 17 of all the things that, that they will need at that point after, uh, from, from that point of resurrection onwards. And he, pray, he mentions praying for Peter when he says, you know, in Luke chapter 22, that the enemy has asked to sift you, but I have prayed for you. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, but he's already praying from that place. So he would go and you know, meet the Father every day, and this is what he would do. He would gather his assignments for the day, what of God is doing for the day, and he will go and he says, Jesus says to them, gives them a glimpse of this prophetic thing, direction that he has. He says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because wherever, whatever the Father is doing, the Son also does. There is that prayer that is a partnership, prayer that is an invitation, prayer that is a, a, for us to receive what is the assignment of heaven. There is a plan, there is a destiny. You may or may not believe it, but there is a plan, there is a destiny, but we get to partner with that. And we get to seek into God and say, God, have you forgotten me? Or you can say, God, do you have a plan for me? There is always a problem statement and how you identify the problem. There is a difference between groaning and complaining. There is a difference between groaning and complaining. Complaining says, God, you are the problem. <laughs> but groaning says, I have a problem. You only can bring the solution. That's when God says to Moses, I have heard the groanings of my people. The groanings of the people were not complainings, they were groanings. They were groaning saying, God, where are you? We need you. Come to my rescue. And God sends Moses. So when we get to be in that place of where we find ourselves, the question to ask is, am I groaning? Am I complaining? You know, last year was a very interesting year for me personally because I was complaining a lot. And at the end, I realized that there was no point. <laughs> there was no point of complaining because God's not going to move by my complaints. <laughs> there was not going to be an inch that will change because of my complaining. But He will when I groan. When, when I groan, I bring my emotion to Him to say, God, I want to partner with You. This is, my, this is my state I find myself in, but I want You to bring solution to me. Can You come to my rescue? So where we pray from comes from who is at the center of our relationship. When God is at the center of our relationship, we get to say, God, what do you want? When we are at the center of our relationship, we say, God, what, do you, what are you doing about this? So we get to partner with God in knowing who is at the center of this relationship. We, Hebrews 1 says about prophecy, it's, uh, it says about how, what is the voice that is speaking to us. In the past, God spoke to us, our ancestors, through prophets and many times with various ways. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. 
whom he appointed heir to all things and through whom he made the universe. So you and I get to hear not just someone who is a prophet to speak to us. We have access to the voice of God directly. Each one of us have got access to that eyes that you saw in the very beginning this morning. You have access to that voice that speaks to you directly, one-on-one. -on -one. And that is the voice that he is speaking to us. That's what Hebrews says to us about. So let us approach God's throne with confidence, not with fear, not with, not with condemnation, but with confidence. Because he is here to speak to us. He tore the veil. He made a way so that we can approach the truth who will set us free. He tore the veil. He made a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came so that we can have access to the Father. He came so that he can fulfill that access. And if we don't use the access... What's the point? We have to get to him and we have to say, God, you have given me access so that I can have a relationship, a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. There is an access that he provided for, not that we can come and give him our needs and go back again. He's not our fridge. <laughs> when we need something, we open it, take it, close it, forget about it till we need the next time. He is to whom which we live together. We live, breathe, and have our live being in Him. We live, breathe, and have our being in Him. This is a complete unity between God and man, which is available to us 24-7, not on a Sunday morning when worship's going on. But we have this every place we go. We have this voice that comes with us in every place. So, what is prophecy? Revelation 19.10 says, for, tes for testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So, you know, we understand that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So prophecy, in other words, is to just lean in and hear what Jesus is testifying about someone to the Father. There is a testimony that Jesus has about you and he is telling that to you, to the Father, and we just get to hear, lean in and hear. And we say that to the person who is around you to bring life. Ephesians 2 says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' declaration, that is prophecy, it's always encouraging, strengthening, and comfort. I put the <clears throat> acronym as ESC, escape, escape button on your keyboard. <laughs> so you can see that and you can say you can escape the realities of how many of Many of us may have, uh, some of us may have experienced prophecy from the lens of hurt, from the place of bad experiences where people may have said things which they shouldn't have or they should have learned to speak otherwise. But that was not encouraging. So I would encourage you that this is the, this is the mode of prophecy where you stre encourage, strengthen, and com comfort. First Corinthians 14 says, for everyone who prophesies speaks to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. So how do we hear the voice of God? Are you confident you can hear the voice of God? <laughs> if you're not, Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. 
It does not say, my sheep may hear my voice, some sheep may hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Hearing is imperative. It's imperative in our walk with our Good Shepherd. You know, Psalms 23 gives us a glimpse of where we are walking. We are walking with the shepherd, but there is a shepherd's rod and staff. Why rod and staff? Because we are not walking through friendly territory. We are walking through enemy territory. We are walking through many fragile territories where uh, where we, we get to be part of the, we get to follow the good shepherd. We are surrounded by enemies. That's why he says he prepares a table for me in the midst of the enemies. There is that table that is prepared for us, but there is provision and rest, green pastures and calm waters for us to follow him. He leads us to those places so that we can get to hear his voice to his direction. There is a destiny, there is a plan, and that plan is to bring fulfillment to what, what he has destined for each one of us. So how do you hear? You know, we need to develop our own language as we come to prophetic. We, every one of us have got a different way we hear God. Some hear, some read the word and they, something gets highlighted, jumps out at them and say, that's what the Lord is speaking to me today. Some have dreams, others have vision. Others have a feeling. But all these have to go through a filter of saying, to understand there's a training in that filter where you understand that, is it God, is it me? <laughs> Is it the pizza I ate yesterday? <laughs> so you have to, un- there's a training that as you walk through, like any relationship, any relationship, you have to know the person. If you were to, if you, were, if you have walked with me for a little while, you will know who I am. But if you haven't, you will not understand my language. You will not understand where I'm coming from. So if you walk with him, the good shepherd for a little while, you will get to hear his voice and you will know it is his voice. You will know it is his voice because that's what Jesus says, they hear my voice. God is of the universe, stops down. You know, there is a, uh, this, this, this is very key to understand a, a prophet. You know, a prophet is usually understood as people, when you say he's a great prophet, usually the attribution is towards the accuracy of his speaking. But I would like to allude or suggest that a good prophet is the pers- a prophet who hears God well. The declaration comes and, and is fulfilled if the hearing is good. So the hearing leads to the speaking and the speaking is what we see, but the secret place of your hearing is the thing that will make you to hear his voice and to bring life to God, to this place. God is always speaking. He's speaking right now, not me. God is speaking right now. <laughs> he is speaking right now to you in different ways. I've experienced this many times when I am sitting there and listening where Pastor Matt or someone who's preaching from here is preaching a message, but I get another message at the same time. You may have experienced that too. That's God speaking to you in different ways. One, one message becomes a conduit of God saying, ah, I want to grab your attention there and speak to you. Today, as I'm going through these things, God may be speaking to you at a very specific level, on a specific way. That's God, not me. That's God having grabbed your attention there and saying, hey, I want you, and I want to make you pay attention to this place because you've drifted away. God speaks through visions, dreams, he speaks through natural circumstances. He speaks through daily occurrences. 
He speaks through mundane things. Sometimes he speaks to me when I am washing dishes. <laughs> Sometimes when I am taking a shower. And I don't have a pen or a paper to write it. <laughs> but he just speaks. But what happens when he speaks? Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There is life in his voice. There is life in his voice. It is in your interest, it is in my interest to hear him. Because his voice gives me life. It takes away death and it gives me life. You know, we complain about darkness, but you know, darkness is just one switch flick away. <laughs> just turn on the light and darkness is gone. Yeah? We don't have to fight the darkness, we just have to invite the light. When his voice speaks, darkness flees, it goes, it goes, it goes, it has no other option. But the light of God will shine in you and that life will take away death. The reverse of living water is inside of you. You know, there's, in this morning I was praying um, and I got this image that God's not about exposing, but God is about revealing. What's the difference? Exposing brings shame. Yes. Revealing brings identity, yes. true identity. So that revelation of who you are, if it's under a bowl, he wants to take that bowl or the lid off. He doesn't want the lamb to be lit and kept under a bowl. He doesn't want to hide it. I don't want you to go away today and be hidden or remain hidden. You need to be revealed. When you and I, we get to live the full purpose and the identity to which we are called, we bring life to the body of Christ. I cannot fulfill the purposes in my life unless you are revealed and vice versa. There is my interest that I will celebrate you. It is in my interest that I will see the best of you. It is in my interest that you become the full version of you because in that is hidden my destiny. Sometimes the purpose in our life is to just reveal the purpose in someone else's. At least part of it is. And we get to do that every time. When we see a child, a, a small child, when we see children, we get to see a potential in them. Sometimes we feel like we've missed the mark, we've gone astray, we've, life's messed up. But then when we see little children, we have this hope. We have this hope somewhere that at least they get to start again. At least there is a potential of something new happening. Guess what? You are born again. This day changes everything for you because you get to hear the voice of God and change everything that is ahead of you. What has happened was a learning experience. It teaches you, but it is not your guide. It is not your direction. The direction that is ahead of you is where you choose to hear the voice of God. So crafted prayer is something that you can do when you're in your secret place. You, you may not have, and it's not a necessity that you have to have words to pray. You can have groanings and God can hear that. He can make sense of your groanings when even you yourself could not. Yeah. But if you were to pray, you know, 
crafted prayer is is something that you can do because as the Graham Cook said very nicely, he says that prayer is not meant to be used like a fisherman's net to troll the will of God. You're not just trying to find the will of God in the vast sea of possibilities. Instead, we use prayer to pray the will of God and to bring in, us into a place of faith and proclamation. We grow in confidence in the will of God as our prayers change us to be more like Him. We have decided to follow the process that God has ordained in His circumstances. He has allowed to unfold. So we get to be a part of everyday life. We have circumstances in our life that is shaping us. But instead we should ask God to say, God, you shape us through these circumstances to win the victory that we are. When we went to the cross, when we take, carry the cross and we go forward, what we do is we are going to the place of suffering. We're playing, going to the place of repentance. We're praying, going to a place to invite him in. And that's where we get to partner with him. So I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed to us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. There's a revelation that I was talking about before that is important because the revelation of you and me as sons and daughters of the most holy God is what creation is waiting for. The revelation brings freedom to the places of where you exist, whether it's your workplace, where your family, your community, wherever you belong, there is a, that revelation that they are waiting for because Liberty, freedom comes from us being revealed to our full potential, full understanding of who we are. And that is where it says, you know, that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. It is the plan of God to reveal you. It is the plan of God to reveal the fullness of you. Every situation leads us to carry the cross, it leads us to death just so that we can experience what resurrection looks like. We have to experience sometimes some places because there is the only way around, there's no way around it, only way is through it. It is glorious at the empty tomb. There is no stink or sting of death. <laughs> there's nothing that separates us from the love of God. There is nothing that separates us from the love of God. Have you been convinced that there is things that will separate us from the love of God? So today I'm, going to, I'm here to remind you, no, there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. Just a turning. Just a turning towards His face. And that's what He wants. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. It's pretty straightforward. So what do we pray for as we craft our prayers? We pray for His Word. We pray for His promises. We pray for His destiny over individuals, communities, cities. We pray for His nature. We pray and declare from agreement in God's direction. Prophecies prophesy God's nature and heart and the true and perfect will of God. So what do we take away? What do we take away? So give me a wave if you are a sheep. <laughs> you can hear the voice of God. 
The Good Shepherd is speaking. Ask Jesus to help you with your unbelief if you think you cannot. Because you can. If there is an unbelief, let that change. Read his word to hear his Rima word through his Logos word. He is always speaking. He has not stopped since he wrote the word of God. He wrote the word, but he is continually speaking in different ways. You read the same scripture again and again. Every time it gives you a different message. Every time he is speaking, no other book in this world has got that power. No other book in this world will give you a different story every time you read it. But the scriptures will. Every time you read it, it will be different because he is speaking. So hear his word. If you cannot hear any other way, hear his word through the word. Hear his words through his word. Have an intentional time to hear the Lord. An intentional time. You know, a few years ago, I don't do it anymore, but I should. But there was a few years ago, I used to wake up early in the mornings and go and sit to pray very early. And sometimes I am lazy to wake up. But then the Holy Spirit says, but I am there. Jesus is there. So I had this sense to understand that, yes, if I have made an appointment with him, he will turn up even if I don't. So I crawl out of bed. <laughs> I crawl even though it's difficult sometimes because it's an intentional time. You get to spend with him. That's how you hear him. You don't hear him in the confusion and chaos of the day. You can hear him, but it'll be very hard because most of the influences that sit around you try to pull and distract you and your attraction is gone. But there is a time, whatever it is, sometimes some people it's morning, sometimes some people it's evening, some it's during lunchtime. Whatever is your time, have an intentional time with him before the spontaneous times happen. You will have spontaneous times with him while you're in the church, while you're in worship, when you hear his word. But the intentional, intentional time cannot be Cannot, cannot take the place of spontaneous times. Heart first. The first two commandments. Heart first. Love God. Because when you love God, you can love yourself. The true version of yourself. It's important that those two loves are established because if you cannot love others, it is because one of those is missing. If you cannot love yourself, you cannot love others. Because love others as you love yourself. There is a security that you and I need to get to a place where we need to understand who we are and whose we are. This understanding will help us to be established in the truth of who loves us. Remember the creation? You were very intentionally created in your mother's womb wonderfully and fearfully you were woven. You were created exactly how you are intended to be. You were not a mistake. You and I are here to partner with Him. We are partnering with Him. God is in charge, but you are in control. God is in charge, but you are in control. Why? He can do things without me, 
but he chooses not to do it unless i partner with him wow thief on the cross it's just amazing story this morning i didn't even put it there because it just came to me this morning thief on the cross prays a prophetic prayer did you know that <laughs> he is not in a situation to know who jesus is he is not in a situation to know if jesus will come back as king he is not and he says when you come back in your kingdom remember me wow <laughs> it's like wow people have people who have heard his sermons and seen his miracles many of them said crucify him crucify him but the one who is with him on the cross says lord when you come as king remember me today you will be with me in paradise today he did not go through any rituals he only did one thing he acknowledged jesus as king prophetically he saw something which the other thief could not see there is a right side to everything the right side the thief on the right side the thief on the wrong side not the left side the net to be put on the right side the net to be put on the wrong side not the left side so where do we go from here what do we take prophetic prayers establish god's will on earth just as it is in heaven do you want the king's dominion on this earth do you want king's dominion in your life do you want the king's dominion in your children's life do you want king's dominion at your work do you want the king's dominion in this church do you want the king's dominion in every churches then let's open our ears to hear him because he's got a plan and we've got a desire we give our desires to him and he tells us his plan and we partner with him and we say lord i will do exactly what you're doing i partner with you father for you are doing things you are doing things i just need to put my hand to it you are healing people i just need to put my hand on it you are bringing deliverance i just need to speak you have a plan for someone i just prophesy you get to partner with god who is doing all things can i invite everyone to close your eyes father you turn ashes into beauty you turn mourning into dancing but between those two stages there's always this waiting period where we don't know lord what is going on what is going on the line of juda says there is a colt that is tied up with his mother untie them both and bring them to me and i am going to ride them 
Lord I pray that there will be an untying right now in this moment in this place those who are tied and find themselves helpless there is a helper here to help Father I pray Holy Spirit of God that you will release your deliverance from those chains you break every chains you break every chains break every chains lord help us to hear your voice the bread of heaven your word that gives life oh lord speak to us that we may continually be in partnership with you intentionally hearing your voice lord we give our imaginations to you let it be open to what you are saying not be about the fantasies of our imaginations let us look in the future and see your promises not what the circumstance today is telling me about the future but what you are telling me about my future lord i thank you for celebrating me for celebrating each and every person who is sitting here Thank you for celebrating us. Thank you for filling us with your treasures, the treasure of life that is in us. Your life, your glory, your majesty. Oh Lord, let the fire of heaven be revealed in us and through us, Lord. Let the glory of God transfigure us so that we can change darkness and let us be the light in the places of our influence. Thank you, Father. for us to have a privilege to be partners with you in your business that we get to inherit and to be a part of thank you lord thank you for considering us worthy we receive your invitation to humble ourselves and pray we receive your invitation to say yes for the destiny you have for us lead us and guide us to the ways everlasting in Jesus name